Hey everybody, welcome to Across the Podcast with Dave. And Abby. Hope everybody's doing fine, swell, grand. Uh, you know, it's um winter in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, although the time this comes out, though, it'll be March, so we're getting closer to spring. Well, yeah, I mean, some little flowers are already coming up here in England. That's, so nice. that's nice. It's not happening in here. In the graveyard, where I take my daily walk. Yeah, graveyards are a good place for solitude and quietness and all around just yeah. good thinking. Speaking of graveyards and old places and violence... This all kind of leads to your, to your topic for today, doesn't it? It does. Um, the graveyard's less so, but yes, violence. I mean, they're, they're, um, it does work because this is a war and people die in war. And we die to go to a graveyard, so it, it connects. It does connect. Um, so uh, the topic for today is the 1814 Vernon of Washington. And I thought it would be good to talk about some relatively relevant topics. Yes, because this is only second second time recently, as a month ago, when there was a great the capital. It was my second time ever that somebody had, you know, vile, invaded the U.S. Capitol in its existence since 17... When did we make our capital? 17-something, 80s, 90s, I don't know. Regardless, whenever our capital is established in the United States, we'll even, you know, it's never been invaded, only twice, and the second time it happened... Domestically, which is, you know, we'll leave that for a political podcast to tackle. But that, you know, that wasn't great. It wasn't a great time in history to march to watch that. But uh, it happened. And I inspired Abby for this episode. So, um, yeah. So take it away, Abby. What's the background here? Right. So um, this happened on the 24th of August, 1814, during the War of 1812. Very creative war name. I know. I, I found it very funny that this was happening in 1814, but this was still during the War of 1812. Well, well so, um, <laughs> it's actually, and I remember when I was in college learning about learning about the world history during this time period, so, like, the war was part of a larger war without, without powers, and it's called different things, more creative names elsewhere. We just had to happen to happen a boring name of War of 1812 here in America, but it has better names. Like one, one, one of the ones is called the War of Jenkins' Ear, and it's between, it's between England and Spain, called the War of Jenkins' Ear, which is, like, I'm like, that's, like, so awesome. Like, as some guy's that's ear. better than 1812. It really is, yes. So, anyway, um, British troops invaded Washington and set fire to the U.S. Capitol, the President's Mansion, and other landmarks. So it was pretty destructive. Um, so it was after the Battle of, I'm going to say this wrong, Bladensburg, Bladensburg. Is that in America? Okay. So, so I mean, it wasn't it wasn't that long of an no. occupation, but it was really, really destructive. And this was in retaliation for the destruction of Port Dover in Upper Canada and the burning and looting of the can the capital of Upper Canada the previous year. Upper Canada. So there's a Lower Canada. At that point in time, things were divvied up a bit differently. I'm very curious about that map. Yeah. Um, so the fire destroyed most of the city's major public buildings. The capital was only saved from complete destruction 
because of torrential rain. Oh, look at that. So conveniently, after everything was set ablaze, they had a bit of a weird little, it might have been like a hurricane. Um, huh. There was there was a severe, severe storm. Hmm. Almost sounds like divine intervention. Yeah, kind of. Sadly, the oldest part of the Capitol's Senate wing, which housed the incredibly valuable collection of books and manuscripts of the beginning of the Library of Congress, um, was destroyed. So that's 3,000 volumes. Intricate decorations and architecture that was housed there as Mm -hmm. well. Destroyed. I believe, well, I could be wrong about this, but maybe it was that, no, because maybe he's dead already. No, he's not dead. Is he dead? Thomas Jefferson, is he dead by now? I mean, James Madison is president. Right, it's 1814, so Jefferson was president in, eight, well, maybe, well, okay, because I know, I went to the, I went to the Library of Congress a couple of years ago, when they had about Thomas Jefferson, all books Thomas Jefferson donated to the Library of Congress. And I thought they were donated after the fire because they had to replace the books that had burned. But Yeah, it, it could really be the case. I can't remember when Thomas Jefferson died. I can't either, but I think it might have been that situation. But I'm going to look it up because I want to make sure I'm not... Thomas Jefferson, when did you die, TJ? Yep, 1826, so it must be, so it must be it. He donated yep. the books after the burning of uh, Washington. Well, that was very nice of him. Well, he had a lot, so he could probably withstand yeah. it. He could afford it. Yeah. Um, So James Madison was president at the time, and he had arranged for Congress to meet at Blodgett's Hotel. um, And uh, that was after the burning happened, obviously. So Congress was then held at this hotel for a little while. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, a funny little fun fact. I know... Uh, James Madison's wife, when the burnt was caught on fire, he, she made sure to rescue one painting and it was George Washington's portrait. I'm glad you brought that up because that is a lie. Is it? Yes, it is a lie. Oh, that's tragic. It is not tragic at all, actually. I believe that, especially in this time, um, we need to start telling the real stories. Not the stories of how these important white people saved everything. True. True. Um, And that is not a true story. So, luckily, um, Dolly Madison, the first lady then, did escape, obviously. um, And she had been warned ahead of time and was able to make sure that important things like silver had been you know, saved as well. Mm -hmm. But this specific portrait of George Washington was not one that she herself saved. Uh, Even though the story is that, you know, the British are coming again, tear down the portrait, carefully roll it up, and she takes it out of the building. That's not true. Um, So Paul Jennings, who was James Madison's 15-year-old enslaved attendant, um, who later purchased his freedom and published a memoir. And in this memoir, it states that, I'm going to probably not pronounce these names correctly, so I apologize, John Suset, um, who was the doorman, and McGraw, the gardener, were the ones to take Washington's portrait. Huh. 
there's no real way that Dolly Madison would have been able to slice it out of the frame and get it down in the time that they had, like, to get out of the house, really. I just assumed so, she took the whole frame down with her and carried it out, so I always no, assumed. Um, no, the frame didn't go. Oh. So it would have taken it time to, you know, take it down. Um, hmm. So she may have ordered it to be taken down and sent to safety, but most of the other things that were saved were silver. Yeah. And in the memoir, it's um, more implied that they took it down. Huh. Okay, well, it's fair. Yeah. Yeah, so on that kind of note, there's an old saying that I'm sure you'll know, and that saying is, when is the best time to plant a tree? Never heard that before. Okay, so the best time to plant a tree, the answer to that is 20 years ago. The second best time is now. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so people have been trying to correct this kind of narrative of the of, of the normal like thing that we have. Like, Dolly Madison saved this portrait. She didn't, really. Mm. Um, and I think that it's time to properly correct it and stop telling these great legends about these, you know, white heroes. True, but they say, you know, legends... They're not true. Legends, legends never die, they say, so that could be part of the problem. Yeah. I don't know where I heard... They can be fixed. I don't know where I even heard that from. Like, I don't even know. Like I just, it's, it's been a story that's been circulating in, like, children's history textbooks i think drunk history did a um an episode on it but it's just not true so in 2009 president obama held a ceremony to honor jennings oh very cool um, who wrote the memoir yeah yeah so the 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 1814 burning of Washington was right. horrible. It destroyed lots and lots of artifacts, but we do have some things like this portrait saved from it. And so I went down a bit of a research rabbit hole about this do. particular portrait. Uh-huh. And I found some interesting facts. Did you? I did. I think you're really going to like this, but... It's, it's going to take some explaining, so just stick with me. All right, we're sticking with you. <laughs> All right, so it was painted by Gilbert Stewart, and it is actually a copy that the artist made. It is not the original painting. Oh. So it is an original painting uh-huh. by the same artist, but it is not the first painting. Okay. Got it? Got it. I, I know, it's a bit weird. It is, um, but okay. And it's still on display in the East Room of the White House. Okay, the copy, not the original. The copy, not the original. Okay. We'll come to the original. So Martha Washington commissioned a pair of portraits for Mount Vernon, and Stuart was asked to keep, or Stuart asked to keep an unfinished one um, to make copies of which he did. He made 75 copies. Wow. So the pose that Washington is in is also duplicated in reverse on the $1 bill. Well, okay. The original unfinished portraits are known as the Athenaeum because the Boston Athenaeum, and I'm probably saying that wrong, 
and the Bastinac Main Library acquired them after Stuart's death in 1828. Okay. So, those are not... The original. Exactly the same portrait that we're talking about here, though. Sure. They're yeah. other portraits. They're the one that Marcia, Martha Washington commissioned. Okay. So then, um, this particular painting, the original copy was commissioned by William Bingham as a gift for William Petty, um, the first Marquis, because I've learned that Marquis is not how you say Marquis. You just say Marquis. Really? It's not the whole thing. Okay. Um, Of Lonsdowne. So that's why the portrait is now known as the the Lonsdowne painting. Wait, so you're telling me some guy commissioned the painting for some guy in England to have, of George Washington? I am telling you that. Strange. So it was... It just makes it so much better. It was completed and shipped to England in 1796. Okay. So the copy was purchased by the U.S. Treasury in 1800 after Washington's death. Mm-hmm. And this copy is the one that's rescued in 1814. Okay. So the original was in England somewhere. No. Oh, jeez. I'm getting there. I told you I went down a rabbit hole. The original is now in the National Portrait Gallery, the Smithsonian Institution, so and can... was acquired as a gift to the nation through the generosity of the Reynolds Foundation, Donald W. Reynolds Foundation. Huh. Okay. So, <laughs> circle back here. Why would an English guy want the portrait of the guy who basically stole the colonies off of them? I don't understand. In 1796, so soon after it happened. That makes no. Unless he was like a, unless he was like a friend, like a childhood friend of Washington's or something. So I, I think he was a friend of the senator that had it commissioned as a gift. So the guy in England yeah. didn't commission it. It was commissioned by a senator who gifted it gift. to the. I wonder if it was a gag. I wonder if it was a gag gift. Like, if it was, I mean. Like, you remember this guy? <laughs> remember how he beat you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's that's fascinating. That's so interesting. It really is. It really is. You know, um, the iconic picture of Washington crossing the Delaware, Washington crossing the Delaware River? Yeah. So... When I went when I went to the Met a couple of years ago for the first time and I saw it, I had no idea it was so big, but it is a huge ass portrait. I saw about a portrait. It's a huge ass picture. I mean, it is mat it's like a entire si- entire side of a wall. Like, I don't think we realize that we look at pictures, we, look, we see pictures on like we see pictures in textbooks and online, like famous artwork, we don't realize how big it is until you make you know, I mean it's cr- crazy. It's like, whoa. It looks so compartmentalized in the book, page of a book. When you look and see it in person, it's like, oh my god, it's larger than life. It is. I really miss um, galleries and, and art museums because they are amazing. I've been in London since October, and normally any time I would be in London, I would visit the National Gallery here because it's got Van Gogh's sunflowers, one of them. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love them. And you really don't see the whole picture, pun intended. Yeah. Through pictures and like textbooks, especially yeah. you need to go and see the actual art and artifacts. Right. 
Yeah, so hopefully we get to go to the museums again sometime in the near future. Yeah. Well, here here in England, we're still in lockdown. So. Yes, well, hopefully it ends soon with the vaccine slowly getting more and more people. So yeah. they are in progress. progress. We yeah. are. Um, so back to the War of 1812, I guess, or 1814, the burning of the White House. So James Madison is president. Was he president the whole, he may have been president the whole entire time. Did he start yeah, the war? Um, uh, let me see here. Uh, oops, daisies. So he was present from it, yeah. So he would have been present the whole entire time. Yeah. So he picked the he picked the fight. I don't know who picked the fight. I don't know how it started. The War of eighteen twelve. I don't even know. All I do. I don't know too much about the War of eighteen. I do know here in Ohio, um, being near Cleveland, there is a beer called um, Commodore Perry. Commodore Perry was a U.S. Navy man who battled the British on Lake Erie and won. So like this is what like. So this is what's fascinating to me because obviously we don't live in Ohio. We don't live by an ocean. We live on a we live on Great Lakes. But like the Great Lakes were actually picture to some pretty awesome naval battles. And it's kind of funny to think like you know my naval battles happen on the open sea, you know, in the Atlantic or whatever. But no, we actually yeah, had. Na- you don't think about them happening on Lake Erie. But they did, and it was like a very. Yeah. And he has a, he actually has on 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 um, Putin Bay, which is an island in Lake Erie, it belongs to Ohio. There is a monument, an obel- it's not an obelisk, it's a, mo- it's a tall monument, though, to Commodore Perry for his bravery and the thing. It's really cool. Like, if, if you're ever in Ohio, anybody, take, take a trip to, to, uh, to uh, Putin Bay. It's, most, it's mostly a party island. They call it New Orleans of the North, which, funny enough, also, the Battle of New Orleans happened in the 1812, which made, which made um, what was his name? Andrew Jackson, he's an asshole, but that's how they made him a war hero. So we actually have like it's funny thing these two places are connected to their partying, but also connected because they had two major eighteen twelve war battles fought and won for the Americans on those places. But I, I digress. That's a weird connection to make. I just made it just now, but pretty cool. Yeah, you, very cool. Go to Putin Bay to see. It's pretty cool to see. They actually have like, a little museum there too for eighteen twelve. It's kind of cool to kind of see that like you know on this unassuming freshwater lake there could have been. This great, you know, battle of importance between two nations. Yeah, it's a very nice place. Yeah. Um, also, great beer, mind you. If you're a beer drinker, try out Commodore Perry at Great Lakes Brewing Company. They're not a sponsor, obviously, but they just make a delicious beer. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what, what, most of what we're working 12, really, except it's really kind of lost in the culture. Because you have, before the Revolutionary War, I mean, you had the Civil War 50 years later. It kind of gets lost in between. It's kind of like the Korean War for modern times, you know? You know, World War Two, yeah. you had Vietnam War. Korea gets forgotten in 1812. I guess they're kind of on a similar footing in that respect. They kind of forget, forgot by the cultural zeitgeist because they were in the middle of two bigger wars. But they were just as important. They were. There's also a song, thinking of Andrew Jackson again, there is a song, I don't know why it exists, but somebody, and this is in recent times, they made up a song about Jackson, uh, Andrew Jackson at New Orleans. Um, can I find a lyric? I mean, there's a musical about Andrew Jackson. Yeah, it's not from that. Because <laughs> that's like, there's a, there's a call with a buddy Andrew Jackson. What's that musical called? I think so, yeah. 
think it's called Battle. I think the song's called Battle of New Orleans. I think is what it's called. It's not really about him. Yeah, here, Battle of New Orleans by Johnny Horton. Yeah, it's actually pretty catchy. Um, but I don't know what when was it written. Let's see. Um, but, 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 it was written in nineteen. Oh wait, the original song was written by Oh, hold on. The internet is always given too much information at once. <laughs> written in fifty nine by Johnny Horton. I wonder what may inspire him to write a song about the Battle of New Orleans. Well, he's probably from the South. Maybe in the South, maybe it's a little more celebrated, like you know, I guess, than up here in the North. Maybe I don't know. I don't know either. I've never heard the song. Um, I could play it for you, but I don't know if I violate any kind of copyright laws. Um, Do not play it for me now because we don't want to deal with that. Not that anybody listens to the people who listen to our podcast to make it an issue, and also probably Johnny Hort is probably dead, for all I know. But yeah, um, yeah, he died in nineteen. Listen to it after he died. Yeah, it's a ca- it's like a catchy like it's got like fife music in it and stuff like that. It's kind of like you know very. I don't know how to describe it. But anyways, the only reason I know about it is because I one time I was, I was looking for Lego. A couple of years ago, I made a series of like like soldier Legos. And somebody took these Legos made a video of reacting this song with Legos. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, it was quite clever. Quite a big rabbit hole to fall into. Uh, but yeah, it was quite entertaining. Um well, this episode is full of rabbit holes, so that's okay. Yeah, I mean... We have covered all of the facts that I've had, so well, that's there's no good. need to circle back around. We can just keep diving deeper. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a whole... I don't know. The War Team 12 is... It's a, it's, a, it's a thing that I don't like, know a whole lot about, unfortunately. Well, or... Yeah, I don't know. When did it end? Did it end in 1814? Did it end with the burning of... I think, actually... Is this how we got Washington... Was stay in Washington? Let's see. Ooh, actually, let's see here. What we had? So it ended in eighteen fifteen, and oh, it kind of didn't do anything. It kind of ended in a restoration of pre-war status quo. So it kind of didn't really do anything, except you know, burn down the Capitol and let people die and create heroes yeah. who eventually become awful presidents. Um. But who's counting, right? Oh, there's Upper Canada. I mean, where, where's Upper Canada? Upper Canada. Province of Upper Canada. Upper. Oh, you found a map. Oh, okay. Well, that's confusing. So Upper Canada it's is just... actually in Lower Canada? Yes, basically, basically the area encompasses like Toronto and like, yeah, it's... So like, yeah. Modern day Southern Ontario is Upper Canada. That's so confusing. So Lower Canada would have been where Quebec is. That is so confusing. At least you found a map, though. I, I love maps. Straighten that out for us. I do love maps. Maps are the bomb. The bomb.com. So they can be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they ended with the Treaty of Ghent. That's what ended the War of 1812. What happened? Uh, I thought something about the establishment. They established a rule, a certain parallel, like a certain latitude line was supposed to be like a borderline. I thought I was established with this, but maybe I was wrong. Um, losses in compensation. Treaty of Ghent. That's a good. That's a funny word. Ghent. 
Ghent. I don't know. I keep on saying it because for some reason it just sounds fantastic. Uh, but, 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 but I don't know. Well, I, anyways, if you are a scholar of Oregon 1812, let us know what, what the... I kind of thought, like, the, um... After this war, America and Britain agreed to, like, a certain latitude line was the final line between, like, Gr British Canada and America. Which is, like, what present-day, like, Washington is, like, that line that goes across Washington. I thought that was established after this war, but I can't find it in the notes here. But... That... Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know either, but I could have swore... That's not something I thought, but it could be true. I don't care. I'm going to one more little Google thing. When did Canada... I kind of presumed that the lines were established when Washington was established as a state. Uh, no, because it had to have been... It had to have already been a territory of, of the U.S. to become a state, though, so it couldn't have, like, once they bought it. I don't know. I don't know. Ah, okay. U.S. Canada border war. I don't really care about that. What is the not so successful U.S. Canadian border? I don't. Britain and the, oh, here it goes. Britain and the U.S. is going to be a parallel. When did it happen? Oh, not until eighteen forty-six. The Treaty of Oregon. Okay. So no, not related. Later. Yeah, not related at all. So essentially, what happened with the War of Twelve is nothing. Ha nothing happens. People die, and they say, "Okay, listen, let's just stop this and be like, hey, we're we're equal.' I guess." Uh, yeah, I don't know. Wait, what? This goes back to our previous episode on, on when we talked about Bridgerton. So is it, this is this is still a Georgian period when this is happening. But he's incapacitated at this point. Would he not be eighteen twelve? He he he's kind of crazy. Not really, not really with it anymore. Or is he still with it? Um, what were the dates? I don't have my notes in front of me. Because he's definitely still currently king. Cause oh my god, I'm gonna put this like a battle of jealousy. He just got pissed. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna try this again. Yeah. So the regency started in 1811. So he was a So he wasn't really in. He was really in power. He was not in power. No. So who would have called the who would have called the war then? His son, who was ruling. Well. Well, but get to the probably would have his region who would have made the ruling for it. Yeah, his son is the region. Wait, I thought the person, I thought region was when somebody overseas for the young person. No, 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 no. I explained this in the episode. So George the Third yes. was deemed not able to rule, and his son George, who later became George the Fourth, was nominated as his regent. Like. Okay. Okay. So, I, okay. See, I for some reason thought it meant that he... Okay. That makes sense. No, no, no. No. The, the, the Prince Regent wasn't, like... He wasn't a young child. Oh, he was an adult man. Oh. I don't know exactly how old he was, but he was not... Too young like, to rule. He's old enough to rule, yeah. Okay, so it's him. So he started the war of 1812. Okay. What if it's a bit of a pride thing, though? I don't know. I don't know how the war of 1812 started. I don't know. It's something to do with Jenkins' ear. It's at some point. Yeah. To Lewis Jenkins, I don't know what happened to his ear. I don't know that one either, but that's part of it. 
War. Let's see. Let's Google this. What? War of Jenkins ear. There it is. Oh. Have to rename the podcast to Dave and Abby Google things. I am totally wrong. So War of Jenkins ear happened in 1739. So not at all related. So everything I said about that earlier, people forget it. I was wrong. Wow. Okay. Don't know. Don't know what I was thinking. I am just wow. Okay, so that's really not pretty at all. That's a really that's a real bad gaff in facts. Um, yeah, I don't know. Eight to twelve. How did it start then? Let's see. I'll find out then for sure. And so I won't say anything that was not right. Um. Uh, oh, they often see it as a minor theory to the Napoleonic Wars. Um, okay, so for the American perspective, it's because of the British used to used to um, force American sailors into uh, the Royal Navy impressment. They stole over 15,000 15, American sailors that have been kidnapped in the, in the British Navy over the over the last like twenty years. So the English, the Americans were like, "Hey, you can't steal our citizens." So the British were like, "Yes, we can," and they fought a war over it. So. If that's what, so that's kind of what it was. So it seems to be a very petty war. It does. But probably almost most wars are probably pretty petty. Yeah, true. Yeah. So that's the burning of Washington and a lot of other random pathways random off of it. Holes. Yes, lots of rabbit holes. It's like one big sinkhole, I think is what it is. We just follow through one big, one big sinkhole. Yeah. One final thing to add. Keep falling. When you're saying how they cut the portrait of Washington out of the frame, I'm very much imagining Nicolas Cage and National Treasure doing that. That's what I'm picturing in my head is Nicolas Cage sneaking in there and cutting it out of the frame, rolling up and taking it like he did in the Declaration of Independence and National Treasure. So that's where my head's going with that imagery. Because that's what I do. Yeah, so before you, we lost to there, I'm picturing Nicolas Cage, National Treasure style. Taking the, cutting out the picture of George Washington and rolling it up and t- taking it. That's my imagery in my head of that whole scene yeah. happening. Because <laughs> for some reason, Nicholas Cage continues to permeate my my memory. Yeah, I watched National Treasure the other... Suppose... I watched National Treasure the other... Oh, did you? Supp- supposedly, they're supposed to make a TV show on Disney+. Plus. I've heard that. I'd be very intrigued to see how they turn those three movies into a TV show. Um, yeah. 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 Anyways, so that about wraps up for our very meandering, but very enlightening. We learned a lot of things today. Like, I learned about how War of Jenkins Year is not associated with 1812 War and way earlier, and I don't know why I thought that. I really need to, like, remember, go back to college is what I learned today. And then go back to college and relearn everything I thought I knew. Because I don't know anything, apparently. Same. But on that note, everybody, we hope you ha- we hope you had. <sighs> I'm sure there's lots of books about that. I'm sure it's a very well researched topic. I just haven't read it ourselves, apparently. Um, but anyways, so if you enjoy this episode, please let us know. You can give us a review on Apple Podcast. You can reach out to us on Twitter at Cross Podcast. Emails at it's across the podcast at gmail.com. Facebook, Facebook us at Across across the Podcast. 
Um, we're on all our podcasts. Any kind of podcasting app that exists, we're there. So you can find us. Just look across a podcast and you will find us. Give us a listen. Tell your friends about us. Hey, you want to laugh and learn some really weird facts? Listen to this podcast. Because um, I, I think they'll enjoy it and they'll have a bond listening to our nerdy ramblings. Which is good. I think people should people should more bond with nerdy ramblings. I think the world would be a better place if people did it more often. Um, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's a good call. Anyways, everybody. So I hope everybody is doing the best they can and keep chins up. We'll be in. Hopefully, you know things are getting better day by day, slowly. Um, but until next time, for Dave. Spring is nearly here. Yes, it is. So, have a great day. Cheerio.